Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are, and welcome to the Politics Guys with your hosts, Dave Carson and Michael Darnowski. Welcome to the Politics Guys. I'm Michael Baranowski, a political scientist at Northern Kentucky University. My co-host this week, as always, is Cleveland area attorney and sometime Republican strategist, Jay Carson. Here's this week's Ask the Politics Guys question, Jay. All right. A while ago, Mike said that he was running for president. Yeah, I remember that. Um, and in fact, I am. Uh, the question is, what are his positions on the issues, and can people actually vote for him? And finally, Jay... If Mike were a real candidate, would you vote for him? That was a pretty good question. There's, there's uh, sort of an yeah, sort of an implication there in that question. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so uh, the the can people actually vote for me? Uh, the answer to that is it depends. Only seven states don't allow write-in candidates for president: uh, Arkansas, Hawaii, Louisiana, Mississippi, Nevada, Oklahoma, and South Dakota. But Those people have been disenfranchised. Yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. But of the 43 states that do allow write-ins, all but eight require write-in candidates to file some sort of paperwork. My campaign has not filed any paperwork, except you, you for don't really, you don't really have the ground team uh, out there yet. Donald yeah. Trump's team looks good and professional compared to mine. I did file with the FEC as a candidate a while back, but that was it. So, however, if you live in one of the eight states that do allow write-in candidates without any sort of a uh, paperwork, you can, in fact, vote for me. And, of course, people want to know what those eight states are because I'm sure there's yes. just a groundswell of potential support. Um, that's Alabama, Delaware, Iowa, New Hampshire, New Jersey, Oregon, Vermont, and Wyoming. So All right. If you're I, in one of I, those you states. Could do, you could do well in, like, Oregon, Vermont, and, and I think even New Hampshire. Well, that's that's 49 total electoral votes. Now, of course, that's far that's short enough, of the you, That may be enough seven. to throw it into the House, and then anything goes. Exactly. You exactly. got your shot. Yeah. yeah, so, so you know, there it is. So, yes, some people can, in fact, vote for me. And, yes, I mean, I am a, a real candidate, whatever that means. I mean, you know, but uh, in terms of what are my positions on the issue, I, I've actually given this some thought. So I have an overall okay. campaign theme, and then I have some issue positions. So my overall campaign theme, I think you'll like it, Jay, because, of okay. course, you know, that last part of the question, would you vote for me? Yes. My overall campaign theme is competition and security. Okay. I think those are kind of bipartisan -y kind of things, right? Yeah. As yeah. we talked about in the last um, – what, what does the competition mean? Well, I'm not sure I, I that. my fundamental belief that, at least in the economic sphere of things – that one of the most important things government can do is promote competition. You Agreed. Wouldn't, you wouldn't disagree with that, right? No, I, that's, I think that's good. good I, think that, I think that's something that's kind of hard to disagree with. So I feel like I have some bipartisan appeal here. And I'll I, think, I think a lot of your liberal base may have a problem with that. But. I'd like to think that if I explain it to them, they wouldn't. Okay. And then security. Everyone's for security. Now, I don't mean just well, – Really? I'm, again, with your liberal base, I'm just saying, I mean. Well, what do I mean by you know, security? You're going to be tracking though? people's phone numbers. You're going to have the NSA. You're going to, you know. It's all in the details, isn't it? Shredding the Constitution. I mean, well, I mean not just security from external threats. Patriot but, Act. But I also mean economic security. I also mean health security. All right. Those kind of things. It's important for people to be secure. So what does this mean in terms of issue positions? Well, my fundamental 
basic, most important, number one issue is campaign and election reform. Number wow, one. That's going to that's going to excite the masses. Yeah, yeah I know. Um, number one, I would I would promote competition in elections. There's the competition thing again by appointing yeah. a Supreme Court justice who would overturn Citizens United. And who would who would make it so that regular people or smaller corporate smaller entities could compete on more equal standing with huge deep pocketed corporate entities? So isn't that exactly what Citizens United does, though? But go it, ahead. It does exactly the reverse, in my view, because it means that you cannot have an effective or you cannot really compete in terms of political speech with somebody who has with a company that has billions of dollars to spend. Um, Citizens United didn't have billions of dollars to spend. Citizens United did. There were there were there were a couple guys who made a you know. No, they didn't. But of course, it opened the door for essentially unlimited super PAC contributions, which I think is completely distorted uh, political uh, campaigns in in a very negative kind of way. So anyway. All right, but go on. I would also push for the enactment of something along the lines of what uh, a Democratic candidate, Larry Lessig, uh, who is a, a professor at Harvard and who was uh, who got like pulled, I think, around one percent or something like that, called for. He called it the Grant and Franklin Project. And I won't get into the, really into the weeds in this because it gets kind of very kind of policy wonkish. But basically, it was a system for funding for optional public funding of campaigns where every citizen eligible to vote would get a voucher and worth $50 and they could give that voucher to the candidate of their choosing. If they didn't want to give it to a candidate, they could give it to the political party. If they didn't want to give it to a party, they could give it to administrative funding for the project basically. I I should note that the state of Ohio actually has something like that right now. And some states have done, you know, like a hundred dollar tax credit to the, candidate of your choice. So the idea behind this, right, is that candidates could accept this funding, but if they did accept this funding, they would not be able to raise outside money, basically. And so it's a way to kind of make the people's voices count more. It's kind of along the same sort of idea as we actually do have public funding for the general election for presidential races, but candidates don't take it anymore because it's a pittance compared to what they can raise from uh, uh, from from outside sources and so right. forth. Would so, you be able to spend outside money in order to get the voucher money, though? I'm, I'm, I don't. Right, you got to run a campaign to get people to give you your vouchers. I see what you're saying. Well, uh, you know, and that's a good question, and I don't know how I would answer that exactly. And I'm not just going to make up a policy detail, but my fundamental focus on that would be how can we make sure that the people have more of a voice in this and that their voices aren't just swamped by deep park deep-pocketed corporations. And so if there was something that kind of would make that more possible, I would you know, probably be for it. So okay. that's my that's kind of my my, like I said, my fundamental, my key issue. Okay, on immigration. On immigration, I would expand immigration for highly educated, high-tech uh, uh, folks. I would spend more for enforcement, maybe even a wall as kind of a huge public works project. You know, I don't know. Um, and okay. also, I would be in favor of humane repatriation for illegal immigrants if it didn't break up families. That's my immigration policy in very kind of abstract, broad terms. Okay. Um, infrastructure. I would be you no know, Democrats are pushing this a lot. I would push it too. 
I would, I'm for massive investment in a 21st century power system and power grid. I'm for uh, much more investment in highways and bridges and also in electronic infrastructure. My goal would be to make gigabit fiber uh, optic lines available to 90% of all American homes by 2024. That would be the end of my uh, second term, actually. And currently, that's around 25%. These lines would be publicly owned, just like the airwaves, and capacity on them would be auctioned off to defray building costs. So again, that factors into the competition focus of my campaign. So that's infrastructure plank. On the economy... I'm in favor of major tax reform. The last major overhaul of the tax system was in, Jay, you probably know this. 1986. 1986. So it's been quite a while. My reform would be, would get rid of billions of dollars in corporate welfare and would also lower overall corporate tax rates. So you like that. I do. I like that. Not only that, but it would lower taxes on everyone except for certain certain uh, transactions in financial firms from financial speculators who create nothing themselves, um, and taxes on financial transactions then would go up. For personal that income taxes. the cost of the, the, the management fees associated with my, uh, my 401k and my other, my other vast holdings. That sort of thing, yeah. Now, for personal income taxes, I would dramatically reduce all rates and replace them with the value-added tax, which taxes consumption rather than earnings and investment. There would also be that's, big that's exemptions for the poor. regressive. Well, no, there would be big exemptions for the poor. I didn't get oh, to that right. point. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Finally, I would greatly expand the earned income tax credit for low-income families. And all of these things, uh. or pretty much all of these things, have bipartisan support. Expansion of EITC has had a lot of Republican support. Certainly major tax reform has. Again, I think there's a lot here in my economic uh, uh, platform that could attract both Republicans and Democrats. On health care, okay. I, would, I, promote, I would push for a gradual move away from the insane employment-based system we have today by slowly eliminating tax deductions for employer-based insurance. And that's kind of part of my tax plan as well. So it kind of fits in. Uh, and you you might be for that. So I don't you, know. You would create an incentive for employers to cut their employees' health care. Well, I would I would I I would gradually. put it differently. Obviously, <laughs> I say I would I would gradually reduce the market distortion. Okay. In the tax code, that's how I would put it. Obviously, you know. Um, you know. Uh, also, I would push for expanding you would give med- tax cuts to businesses that cut their employees' health care. Would no, be another way to put it. That would probably be a way some would put it. Yeah, definitely. But again, I think that the the main problem with our healthcare system is that uh, people are insulated from the direct costs. And when you insulate people from the direct costs of anything, what happens, Jay? The market doesn't work. And no, you're you're right. I mean, I'm joking around on that. Um, but but no, you're right. That's that's one of the major issues with healthcare, and something we talked about last week is yeah, because the ultimate consumer doesn't pay the actual price. Yeah. Uh, that's that creates these market distortions that we have. Yeah, the healthcare market is 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 not really much of a market in the traditional sense at all, and I think that's why, in part, it's so broken. Now, it's true, and I've said this in the past that healthcare is a different good than most other goods. So you can't just treat it like the market for whatever you know, uh, uh, iPhones or something like that. But we certainly have distorted it in some pretty insane ways, and I think we can do something about that. Also. I would be for expanding Medicaid 
and increasing the share paid by the federal government to help uh, to help out the states, which are obviously pretty you know cash strapped. And I understand why some states have not bought into Medicaid expansion because. They're trying to make their budgets as it is, and that's a pretty big part of that. And so I think the federal government can help them out a little bit more with that. I would also allow Medicare to bargain for lower rates, something under current law Medicare cannot do. And I would expand Medicare with an opt-in for people who are 50 and older. And if that proves successful, I would allow more and more people to opt-in by gradually reducing that age. So that's the rough outline of my health care plan. And then finally, defense defense and national security. I'd actually be for cutting back, way back, in fact, on our commitments abroad, not by any kind of Trumpian breaking of treaties, but by slowly disengaging in certain areas. Now, right now, our defense spending is around $600 billion a year. That's about 16% of our total budget. That's behind only health care and social security. It's also around 37% of the entire world's defense spending. Now, of course, we're a big country, and some people might say, well, we have a huge economy, so that's not such a big deal. But if you look at military spending as a percentage of GDP, we're behind only Saudi Arabia, Israel, and Russia, all considerably smaller economies. And I think we could cut back in a smart way on that. I think a lot of our commitments abroad, a lot of our nation-building attempts abroad have brought us nothing but pain and have been very counterproductive. And I would like to see us slowly disengage from certain areas. And again, that have to be done very strategically, very carefully, without just completely breaking our, you know, our treaty agreements and so forth. So that's essentially my major issues in a nutshell. So what do you think? Wow. Well, that's a lot of stuff. That is a lot of um, stuff. You know, it, first of all, I, I would say in, I, I would, uh, I would vote for Mike because look, he's, he's an old friend uh, and he is a good guy. And how cool would it be to say, I know the, the president of the United States. Um, I totally again, invite is, this, you this, this to is, the, for a sleepover. This is, and I, I would, I would, I was hoping, I was hoping I'd get some kind of, you know, cool appointment. Oh, you know. But then you started off with the Citizens United stuff. You need to appoint Supreme Court justices who would overturn that, and that doesn't sound like me. Um, so then I was kind of a little taken aback there. I was kind of figuring my, I had, I had it made for the uh, Supreme Court, a uh, Supreme Court slot, but um, maybe like Attorney General or something. Well, we'll, we'll see what we can do. Right. Um, other than that, uh, it's, uh, you know, I got, I got a tough time voting for you on the Citizens United stuff on, uh, on the healthcare proposals. It sounds like you're sort of proposing a, uh, eventual single payer system, uh, but just getting there gradually. Uh, and I'm, I'm of course not a, not a fan of that. Um, you know, gosh, this, this is, this is tougher than I thought. I, you know, and end of the day, I would, if, if, Mike were were really a, um, as the as our questioner said, real candidate. That hurt a little um, bit, but yeah, it, okay. It, it was it was close. Uh, no, I I would vote for him just based on the uh, uh, he is he is the type of person, and I believe has the the temperament and judgment uh, to make a good president. Uh, and I I would think that um, uh, although some of his policy proposals right now, uh, I I'm disagreeing with. I think he could be uh, brought back to reason. Uh, on a lot of these things, uh, and it would it would be okay. Well, you know, and I think again that's that's why I try to focus on the competition aspect. Is I think a lot of people can agree on that, and and, and 
as long as someone can make a case to me that something is pro-competition, truly pro-competition. I think that helps people in the long run. And so, so yeah, I certainly can. My mind can be changed. I'm not closed-minded about these things. And, you know, if I would have known who the two nominees would have been, I, I might have put a little more work into my campaign structure. I don't know, because this could have been my <laughs> year. So go figure. I don't know. Like actually getting on the ballot on in a state or something. You know, yeah, yeah. It, it's, it's actually, <laughs> you know, there are good reasons I want to point out. It's really pretty difficult to get on the ballot in a lot of state or to, to meet a lot of these requirements. And I think that's for a good reason. It's not done to be anti-democratic. But if any every nut who wanted to be on the ballot could just fill out a form and be on the ballot, well, it would be – the ballots would just be ridiculous and it would be really, really confusing and there would be a lot of unserious people on there. And so I do support – you know, these uh, these laws that limit ballot access. Some people claim, and I think fairly in certain instances, that it essentially uh, promotes and sustains this duopoly that we have between Republicans and Democrats. That's an argument that a lot of libertarians are making. And I think there's something to be said for that. Once you get to a certain level of popular support, I think it's good to bring those people, those parties, those views into the debate. And that's why, you know, we talked about this in, uh, I think, our last week's Ask the Politics Guys, why even though I don't agree with some libertarian views, a lot of libertarian views, I would love to see Gary Johnson on the stage, the presidential debates with Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump. And unfortunately, I don't think that's going to happen because the rules about that are essentially set by the two main parties and they're not interested in competition. And that's a great example of, you know, They've shut out the competition. I think it's in the long term to our detriment. Okay. So I would be the pro-competition candidate. So who I think, you know, certainly in the end, people could support that. And I'm glad I have your grudging support at least. Kind of, yeah, lukewarm support. There you go, lukewarm support. I'll take it. I'll take it. A vote is a vote. All right, well. Paranowski, I guess. <laughs> I love it. I'm going to have bumper stickers sign, made. Yeah. yeah, that'd be great. All right, well, that is it for this episode of Ask the Politics, guys. Thanks, everyone, for listening. If you have any questions for future episodes or just any thoughts, comments, or criticisms, we would love to hear from you. Our email is politicsguys at gmail.com. Our Facebook page, where we post throughout the week, is facebook.com slash politicsguys page. We're also on Twitter at politicsguys. If you're interested in helping us keep the show going, sharing and retweeting our new show posts and tweets, and reviewing the show on iTunes really helps. And if you'd like to support the show financially, you can do that through the PayPal or Patreon links on our website. While you're there, be sure to check out our listener rewards. We'll be back with a new show next Wednesday. We hope you'll join us.